are back in 2023. Happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Welcome to episode 14 of the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. You guys know who I am by now. My name is Matt. And ringing in the New Year with me, just as we did every single week in 2022, Rhodesia Eshine. What is going on? Happy New Year. What you got for me today? Happy New Year. Cannot wait to talk about our breaking news topic today. Yeah, Happy New Year's. I guess we have some things to discuss today. As always, if you have a plan, something comes up, day of week, record the pod, which is always Thursdays, bombshell today, Vince McMahon, why don't you just go away forever? Vince may be the player hater of the year. Vince may have woke up on 2023, January 1, and chose violence and said, if I can't have it, nobody can have it. We're going to get into it for sure. But before we get into that, uh, it is 2023. Just real quick, how did, how did you guys celebrate New Year's? What did you do? Get, give us the, the, the lowdown. A lot of bubbly, a lot of bubbly, some bourbon, like three different types of bourbon I tried on New Year's Eve. Probably wasn't a good thing for me to do and mix all that. Um, Had some good food, laughter with friends and family. Brought in the New Year right. So we found out that um, we were actually a little late celebrating the countdown, but still, you know, we brought it in at our countdown when it was time. Yeah, we were late anyway because we're Central Time, not Eastern. So regardless where you are, you're going to be late or early for somebody's New Year's, but we were even late for uh, Central Time, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been on the bourbons and the bubbly. I think it was, for sure. You know, I did exactly what I love to do, guys, which is absolutely nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <clears throat> Here's the thing. A lot of people don't know me but you know back in my young day i used to be a thug i used to be out here in the oh, streets tearing up doing all types of things so now and i get up there long toothing up in age i like to slow it down i lived too fast for too long so i did absolutely nothing i live out here in georgia but i'm from detroit so i know absolutely nobody so i have no one to spend these holidays with other than my beautiful family Aww. my little boys but Aww. I love doing nothing. I rolled around until 2 o'clock, played some video games, went back to sleep, played some more. I loved it. Well, awesome. Sounds like how about you, man? Hey, yep, being like a thug good. is overrated, y'all. And I don't know how you would know that. But uh, there you go. So for me, <laughs> I am representing right now my Detroit Lions shirt. Shout mm-hmm. out to my Lions. I am hoping we go into Lambeau Field take care of business this weekend. And even if we don't go to the playoffs, as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't make it to the playoffs, I can sleep well at night. So mm-hmm. for my New Year's Day, watching my Lions destroy uh, the Chicago Bears, shout out to that. Uh, I felt really, really good. So we go into January 1st, of course. We get into this year. I also want to shout out before we get started, uh, gimmick infringement. So when you guys get a chance after our podcast, I want you to go check out my guys, Brad and Tyler at Gimmick Infringement. We did a crossover podcast, which was really cool. We did it earlier this week. And basically what we did is, hey, you got 10 people you can pick or 10 rounds. We did a mock draft. 
you were starting a promotion today, who's your top 10 picks? And we all had 10 picks, had a lot of fun uh, doing that podcast with them. But it is over on their podcast. So when you get a chance, check them out. For uh, the podcast, it is Gimmick Infringement. You can find them on all major platforms that you can with us. And it's also on Google or Google, excuse me, on um, Twitter. They are at GIPod19. Once again, that is Gimmick Infringement. Shout out to those guys. Appreciate them. I am sure that will not be the last time we all hook up and do something very fun for the wrestling community. But check that out. So we were having fun. Everything was all good this week. We had Wrestle Kingdom. We were ready to come in and talk about that. We had a pretty strong SmackDown last Friday. We were going to talk about that. We had a great Dynamite on Wednesday. We were going to talk about that. And then Vince McMahon, once again, rears his ugly, old, perverted, sexual deviant head. By now, I'm sure you've heard about it. I am going to just give you guys a couple of quick notes from what I was able to gather today, and then, of course, we'll talk about it. So this was actually broke again by the Wall Street Journal. We talked a couple weeks ago surrounding, hey, who's the mole, who's the snitch in WWE? (laughs) If it's not Nick Khan, Triple H, or Stephanie, or one of them, I don't know uh, who it could be. But the write-up basically says that Vince is coming back to WWE. States here, Mr. McMahon, who has majority voting power through ownership of WWE's Class B stock, has told told the company he is electing himself and two former co-presidents and directors, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, to the board. The move to reinstate Mr. McMahon, which the board previously rebuffed, and the others will require three current directors to vacate their positions. So just to summarize that piece, he's bringing in two folks that was fired previously, but have his back, I'm sure, to the end of the world. They all made money together. They're all rich together. Plans on bringing them back and then replacing three people that's on the board currently for them. According to Vince, he says, WWE has an exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. Of course, that's his way of getting in front of I'm not going to be a part of creative. I'm not doing anything day to day. This is me just getting back on the board. His whole plan allegedly is to get back on the board to help sell the company. He feels like they won't be able to get their proper value unless he is involved in this. Also states he has communicated to the board that unless he has direct involvement as executive chairman from the outset of a strategic review, he won't support or approve any media rights or sell. He states, the only way for WWE to fully capitalize on this opportunity is for me to return as executive chairman and support the management team in the negotiations for our media rights and to combine that with a review of strategic alternatives. My return will allow WWE, as well as any transaction counterparties, to engage in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder. So am I hearing this right? I'm hearing that if he wants to be back CEO, and if he isn't, then he will not agree to a sale. Correct. Here's the one thing, though, too, just to clear up, um, just so we have all the right information. I know we, I've been hearing sale a lot lately as well, but I think a lot of it is the 
the rights, the media rights is as well, right? Because they're talking about negotiations are coming up soon, right? Because the original TV deals were five year deals, weren't they? They were, but that is counterproductive. He's looking to come back to sell the company before they sign their next deal. He wants in now. Of course, their next deal is not up for another year. So it would be the opposite to what you're saying, Ishan. It would be, hey, media rights deal is up now. So let me in so we can figure that out. And then we're going to sell. He's talking about selling now. And the thing is, okay, I want to sell. I need to be involved in the sale. And if I'm not involved, guess what? We're not selling. That is a hostage that's what I, situation. That's what I heard. That's what I heard out of all that. No, that's why I, I wanted a clarification because I didn't, I've been seeing sale a lot, but I, I was getting mm-hmm. media rights is what I thought he was talking about. So, Well, I think he's talking about both. But the whole point mm-hmm. of him, if you look at the Wall Street Journal piece, the whole point of him coming back is to sell the company. That's that part. And then he talks about the media rights in his own statement because he also released the statement. And it's funny because if you guys remember last week at the end of the pod, we did those, you know, fire round questions. And one of the questions I gave you guys was, will WWE sell in 2023? We all said no. I said it would sell in 2024. I thought we would be having this discussion next year, not really in regards to Vince's coming back, but just writings on the wall. They can get billions upon billions of dollars from some type of entity entity out there and make their money back in the right hands, probably with relative ease with all the content that they provide and just how popular they are. But to see him saying, basically I'm coming back, I'm bringing two of my old folks with me. We need three spots, you know, in the information, it says they need three current directors to vacate their positions. That's going to be super easy for him just to say, Hey, I need you to walk. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you on the back end when it comes to the financials. But my, my thing is this, you haven't paid out to the women yet that took you up on this. The reason why you're not there right now. And if you get put back in position, I know he says he has no uh, intentions of impacting anybody roles, duties, or responsibilities. But if he's back in charge, there is nothing to say that he won't say, you know what? Creative is not the way I want it to be. I'm going to get back involved. There's nothing, nothing stopping, stopping him from saying, him. you know what? This roster is back to being what I don't want to see. We need to make some cuts. So on one end, if you take him from face value, he's just saying, hey, I want to be involved in the sale of the company. I still don't think this should be his time at all whatsoever. I am sure, and I, I tweeted this earlier, besides Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn, those have to be the only two people that would remotely want him back in the fold in any capacity. And now saying, hey, I want to come back. Going into Rumble season, going into WrestleMania season, I am sure the morale took a significant hit today. So, you guys, hey, information's there. Thoughts? What's your thoughts when you first heard and saw the headline of Vince McMahon is returning to WWE? Because even if you just say he wants to return, well, he still has the most shares in the company, so he's still top shareholder. He can really kind of do what he wants. So he's coming back for the sale of the company. What were your guys' initial reactions? And of course, now having, you know, a few hours to kind of process the information, what's your thoughts now? Like I said, a couple weeks ago, I only expected this. He, this is all he knows. This is all he 
his entire adult life. And as a child, probably under his daddy seeing this, I knew something like this would happen. I guess my thoughts is I thought it would be probably a little bit more hostile. It sounds like at least he's just letting them know that, hey, if you don't, if I don't come back, then this is what's going to happen. I just thought he was going to just immediately take back over. Hmm. So I got a lot of levels to this because I had a very chaotic day. And when this news was breaking, I wasn't able to get all the information, which is why I was asking some follow-up questions. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I'm st- so we started talking about a potential sale a years ago because it made kind of sense a lot of the moves they were making, especially when they brought right. Nick Khan in because you know he's a salesman. Um, mm-hmm. And so it seems like they were making moves to make the company – the company's books look as great as possible, right? Make the most money they can, shed, bloated, uh, you know, contracts, et cetera. Uh, downsizing, it, is, it looked like they were preparing for a sale. But a part of me still didn't believe it because this is a family-owned business. It was his dad's business. Then it was his business. You would just assume that they would pass that down to the family. That would continue to be a family-owned business. So for me to think that they were going to sell the business at any point in time beyond today, just never, I never believed that. So to hear this information today, I still have a hard time believing it. You know, it's funny too. Um, Shane McMahon's son liked a Instagram post of saying Vince McMahon's coming back to sell the company. So to your point, Ishana, what you just said about family business, family being involved. If Shane's son is liking that the post, sale of the business, man, it kind of tells you something there too. It really does. Yeah, I'm just really surprised no, by it. I'm really surprised by it. However, so this is where they're going, man. Okay, so from a fan, for me, just selfishly, I want them away from creative. Like yep. if I if 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 I can say, okay, Vince, if you got to come back in some kind of scenario. Do the business stuff, right? You're an 80 year old man. I'm sure you still understand contracts. You still can make money. Do that. Leave my TV alone. Please leave my TV alone. But as Rhodesia said, you know, who's to stop him from saying, oh, no, the TV ain't making us enough money. We need a change. We need me back in charge calling the shots. And now the, the TV goes out and do that's my biggest scare and, and my concern for my fandom. You know, I'll get to it later on. As far as I just got back to enjoying this product because for so long, so many years, Rhodesia, Matt and I used to fight over the shows. And I tell him, like, Matt, these shows aren't good. They're just not good. I had a hard time really enjoying it. The only reason I watched as long as I did is because of Matt, Matt's friendship. We talked about wrestling so much. He would get me hype and I'll give it another chance. I'll give it another week. I'll give it another month. Finally, I don't have to struggle to like this product. I really enjoy it. So for me as a fan, the biggest news, which is really a small part of the news, is him staying away from creative. But I think the biggest news is like they're acknowledging that they're going to sell this company and they're looking at doing it soon. And Vince is saying, in order to get the most money and the most return, I got to be at the head of it. I think that's the biggest news. Like, look, mm-hmm. this company's up for sale. And who is the potential buyers for this huge company? When you first think about who would buy it, of course, first thing I think about is Disney. I've said Disney for a long time. They have ESPN. They have Disney Plus. There's so much they can do with the property. You have NBC Universal. They already have Peacock. WWE's already on Peacock. That is a, a shoe in. I think it's going to be one of those type of entities where they can distribute their platform and make significant money on it. 
I don't really know if the company is for sale right now, though. If you look at Vince's plan, Vince is just saying, hey, I want to sell. He has the most shares. And in order for us to sell, I need to be involved. Because if I'm not involved, we're not doing anything with this company. That's where, to me, the hostage piece is at. Mm -hmm. And hopefully at the end of the day, if they sell, it doesn't make a difference to us watching the product. UFC sold, you know, I think for $4 billion a few years ago. You really can't tell a difference except for their rise in pay-per-view costs through ESPN. But in terms of the actual content, you really couldn't tell a difference when they sold. We're going to tell a difference if Vince is back in charge because there is nothing that he can tell me or anybody else can tell me that he won't get involved somehow, some way with the product. Even if he doesn't, he's not a part of creative. He still can be a part of payroll. Yep. He could still say like, hey, I don't like this or I want this person in. This is what we have to do. And I just, I want him away completely. I think this is going to be extremely uh, interesting. I think it has the potential of completely flipping again, the wrestling world on his head. We talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, just a month ago or so, a month and a half ago that. Man, WWE has all the momentum. You know, AEW is kind of struggling with perception issues, TV issues when they were going through the whole Ring of Honor, trying to, you know, implement that and integrate that into their weekly TV. They're back on the ups and up now over the last couple of weeks. Another, like I said, fantastic Dynamite show we'll talk about later on in the, uh, in the episode. But if you look at what this could, this could be nothing. This could be, once again, we're making it a much bigger deal than what it is. It could be they sell, he's no, no, involved. No, this is big. This is big because it's, it's messy too, man. It's really messy. As, as you said, you know, this is, hey, I don't know if we're going to make this explicit again, but this is some old rusty old ball blocking stuff that you're doing. Hey, I'm going to sell this company. We're going to make this money, but I got to do it. If I ain't part of it, y'all ain't going to get it. That's just some real, some, some blocking mm-hmm. type stuff, right? And so you talk about a leader of a company, CEO of a company making that type of a statement and <laughs> they're putting it in black and white. That says one thing. So here's the thing. We all talked about, like, who's leaking all this information to the, the Wall Street Journal. This could potentially be much more interesting. The backstage stuff, right? This fight that we don't know whose sides are on who. But look, they voted him out before. And in order for him to stay out, they're going to have to show that he's incompetent or that somehow that his presence would lower the potential buyer or the money that they would make. So now you're going to have to see people taking sides within that company. And that's going to be a huge fight. That's going to be a WrestleMania match. You know, so we got, you know, Steph and Triple H versus Vince McMahon and, and, and Kevin Dunn. You know, that's a WrestleMania main event that we might be need to take a look at because that end fight is going to be very, very interesting. And you're talking about family, right? You know, we're talking about family on that part. Yeah, we haven't really even touched on what does that look like? And this is all assumptions. We're all just assuming here because we yeah. don't know. What does that look like in the board meeting when they take the vote? And Stephanie McMahon's hand does not go up when it is who wants Vince McMahon back. Triple H's hand doesn't go up. Nick Khan, I'm going to assume his hand won't go up. But regardless, his hands go up, his hands go down. If Nick Khan is, leaves WWE tomorrow, he has a job on Saturday. Right? Look, we, Matt. We're not worried about Nick Khan. He's fine. Not to cut you off, but to add to this comment on this, like, think about it. Vince McMahon pretty much almost fired his daughter previously. And she, right? well, she, she left, remember? She, she left. left. Yeah, She left. She was out of there, right? 
Now he wants her job back. Like, man, can this woman live her life? Like that, like, I don't know how she feels, but I feel for her because she was put in a position to where she felt like she had to walk away from a company that she's known all of her life, taking a break, whatever that is, to come back and taking over this role. Now daddy's back. He's like, look, I want my job back. I'm going to do a better job than you. I need to do this job, not you, to make this money, to make this sale, to move this company forward. Like, that's a lot of pride. This is what I'm talking about. This is this is a, a WrestleMania moment that match in the making, right? And when I think about this on the business side of it, there's definitely some strategy that he's using here because by him coming out alone saying that he wants to get back in and Again, the rumors that if he's not a part of it or CEO, again, he's not going to agree to the sale. That automatically takes away some leverage on them actually selling it and, and making the most money. So it's it's almost like he's self-sabotaging the whole situation for that to come out. So th- that's really and, interesting to me. Well, no, and you're right because he's saying, in essence, what he's saying, you're not doing anything without me. Yep. You're not, I'm not approving the next media rights deal. So Ishan, to your point, what you talked about earlier, this isn't saying like, Hey, we need to, we're going to sell next month. He's basically saying we ain't selling without me. And we also aren't signing off on a new media rights deal without me because he knows right. that is coming right. up. That is insanity. Mm-hmm. He'd rather blow the whole thing up than to just walk away. Crazy. And but so now that's dangerous no, too, though, because you because yeah. it's it's a publicly traded company and they have investors. So if they can force him out based on their saying, "Hey, he is holding back the business," right? Like it, I'm I'm losing the actual term, but if he's actually sabotaging the business and costing the investors money, I'm I'm sure that somehow, regardless of how much shares he actually owns, I'm sure they can vote him out in that way, right? Yeah, but then he can come right back as majority shareholder. He can bring Correct. his, again, the hostile takeover, bring on his yep. own board, and then they can vote him back in. So it could be just a vicious cycle. And I hope just for everybody's sakes that it doesn't get down to that. But again, for him coming out with this information, it's like he's self-sabotaging it. So maybe they don't sell the company. Um, it's just like he's devaluing it. He's doing quite the opposite of him saying, yeah. you know, I want to bring the value up. Only I can get us the value that we want. But in actuality, he's doing the opposite. So, and I thought well, he was a, a smarter businessman than that. So there's something else that's happening. But I also think too, if you look at it from his perspective, I built this, my dad built it. Then I took it to a whole nother level. You're not about to do any other major thing without me. That's, that's I'm sure what he's thinking. Yep, that's fair. I, I'm sure mm-hmm. that's what he's thinking. And then you also no look doubt. at the no perception doubt. of every deal we've ever made in this company of any significance, I was at the head of. We're now going to be in a position to sign the biggest TV deal in history. I think they're getting more than what they got through Fox and USA USA next time. I do. No doubt. Um, No doubt. And I think he's like, oh, no. You can't, you cannot tell me I can't come back. And now Mm -hmm. we're going to see this play out. I'm hoping just for everybody involved, it does not get to a point where it gets as nasty and dirty as I think it will. But I also think it's really, really interesting that we are going to see more and hear more about backstage antics than I think we would if he would have stayed away. I think there are more females that are in the woodwork 
I think that there was a, a method to when these reports are coming out and these statements are coming out and then he having a statement along with it. I think that is inter- I think this entire thing is really interesting. I think it's sad. Uh, and honestly, I think it's scary for some of the wrestlers that's in WWE. You got to imagine some people that Triple H brought back. How are they feeling right now? Exactly. Hey, how much of this affected Mercedes not coming back? Well, we don't we don't know 100% what's going on, but maybe she's like, look, my man said in the background, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. Because, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this this is this is really, really, really messy. And, you know, back to your point about, you know, how many things are going to start leaking out. Because you started hearing them talk about Vince, the, the type of environment that he created, um, work environment, not only for the writing writers, the writing staff, the wrestlers, just how, you know, angry and, you know, how forgetful he was. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be get really messy. You're going to start seeing some stories being told about how he's almost in some ways incompetent um, from his attention span uh, to how, how crazy he can act um, to his behavior and towards people, because those are serious things right now. Like, you know, these CEOs of these companies, they can't get away with treating their employees like trash. You know, you look at uh, Robert, uh, what's the dude from Sons? What's his name? Oh, my man from the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, it was Robert Sauver. Right? Yeah, Robert Sauver. You know, they did an um, a entire investigation of just him just being ridiculous in, in the workplace, you know, with the N-bombs and sexual harassment and mm-hmm. just his abusive behavior towards employees. I think you're going to start seeing those types of stories come from Vince. Because there's been stories in the background about how he's kind of behaved towards employees. So this is going to get very messy quick. For me, if he has to be involved in any kind of way, just stay away from my creative. Let Triple H handle the creative. Let him do his thing. Let Vince thinks he needs, he needs to be involved in these talks and negotiations for TV deals, potential sales. Do that. Stay off TV. I don't want you to show run. I don't want you to be backstage. None of that. Stay home. Handle the big business. I'll be okay with it. Rhodesia, give you the last word on I agree. this. I'll just, I'll just say what I said again a couple weeks ago. And when this first came out, there's no way that he was going to stay away from the company when he stepped down. And then when that report came out from the Wall Street Journal before saying that he t- took the wrong advice from people that was close to him. Mm. Um, that right there just showed that he doubted that he should have stepped away. Again, I think it's going to get host- more hostile than this. I really do. I think this is going to end out really bad, and I think he's doing that on purpose to self-sabotage it. Yeah, but I also think, too, that he already has his – he knows that he's back. I don't think that he would have come out with a press release stating who he's bringing back, and they need three people to kind of step aside. I think he already has his plan, and he knows that plan is going to work. So, once again, to cap this off until next week when he does something else, let's hope – if he has to come back, it doesn't change any morale in WWE, doesn't change any creative in WWE. And the other thing I thought of with this is we all know how important Dwayne The Rock Johnson feels about his perception, his personality, what he's involved in. Does this hurt a chance of him coming back to the Rumble or to WrestleMania? I guess time would tell, but that was one of the things I thought about today was this is pretty messy, and I'm going to assume 
he don't he want to be associated with this. Answer any questions when he does go on his marketing blitz of yep. you know if he's back for Mania. Hey, what's your thoughts about Vince McMahon coming back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, as we always say, more be revealed and more to come. So we just spent 28 minutes talking about something Ooh. that I didn't even want to talk about and was not a positive thing. Let's switch this thing up, get back to having some fun and talking some freaking wrestling. Mercedes is back. She showed up. New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. Let me hit every single positive soundbite I have in here, if I can even hit my soundbites. My, my whole board's not working right now. But um, I'm still sleepy from Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Yeah, I feel jet lag, and I didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> Trying to stay up and watch that and then, like, live regular life the next day. My goodness gracious, was that ridiculous. But um, she is back, or I should say she debuted because we have never seen Mercedes Monet. Uh, we've only seen Sasha Banks. She did show up to Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, of course, it was the worst kept secret since CM Punk showing up in AEW. <laughs> but she showed up, hit Kyrie Sane with a move that we will talk about. <laughs> oh, it, was that a botch? Was it not a botch? Is it an impactful move? Should she throw it away right now? We can talk about that. But uh, seriously, shout out to her. I am sure she was elated with being able to debut for New Japan. Bailey was there backstage. Trinity, Naomi was there backstage. Of course, FTR. They became super close friends. They were there. It was really cool to kind of see them all together. Kalisto and his wife was also there in support of Mercedes. Let's let's kind of just talk a little bit about the debut of Mercedes. We all knew she was going to debut. That was a no-brainer. It was kind of confirmed that she was going to be in New Japan. Ishan, let me start with you because you were on the side, just like Rhodesia was, of I kind of want, I don't really want her in AEW. I want her back in WWE. It'd be great to see her in the Rumble. I think we all know now that is not happening. There's still some people out there that somehow think that she's still going to be in the Rumble. She's not going to go through the whole point of trademark in her own name just to be Sasha Banks again in the same month. That's not happening. I can guarantee you that. But overall, what were your thoughts about her debut? Uh, and then kind of just let us know, just, you know, now going forward, knowing she is in New Japan, what's your thoughts about her in New Japan uh, going against Kyrie Sane in, in February? You know, I was late to have her back. I was a, a, a not I was, I am a big her fan, whatever name she's choose to go by. And I think uh, Mercedes Monet is a really nice name. I think it rolls off the tongue. I loved it. Um, I know originally the the scuttle booty was Mercedes. No, was it Monet Banks? Is what we? It was a few of them. Yeah, she had like four or five names. Yeah, yeah. So she's been doing this for a while, where she's been kind of trademarking different names, trying to throw it off. But when I when that name flashed on the screen, I said, "Oh, that's awesome!" And she came out there and she looked like a star. Right. I I think when I watched that show. More so than anyone else that night, I felt like she oozed star presence because she came out there looking like it. It was amazing. Um, even the the music for New Japan, I thought was actually pretty good. I if I had to give it a um, a grade, I'm going to give it a an A. Now we can get into the quote unquote blotch or unblotch move. Um, that took a little steam off of me. I didn't know what was going on. I saw the thing. I had no idea what that was. I didn't think it was a blotch, but it just didn't look good. Um, you know, she seemed to be very excited because she kind of did a Eshan. She kind of slurred the words a couple of times while she was speaking. <laughs> but um, for me, 
I'm I'm happy to have her back, man. To, to for seven or eight months, how long it's been? She's been off my TV, not wrestling. You know, it's been cool to see her do her runaway stuff and to model and the modeling stuff that she's been doing, the acting. I need to see her back in the ring doing what she does best. I'm excited to see this next uh, stage in her career. So this botch DDT, I did see a video of how it should look. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I was kind of, again, I thought maybe I was just sleepy because I woke up literally one minute before she came out. Um, but I was, when she came out, star power, yeah, for sure. Uh, it looks like this is something that she loves. I think she's in like anime and that kind of stuff, right? I oh, think, yeah. Ishan, you yeah. might know about that too. Um, so she looked just like, you know, an, an anime character. This is how, everything about it. Um, and I think even on her Twitter profile is kind of one as well, like a filter that she uses. I think she looks great. I don't think that anyone thought she wouldn't look great. I was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say not impressed, but her talking on the mic, she talked a lot slower than what I was used to. I don't know if that's because of a cultural thing and they were in another country, um, but that kind of was a little bit off to me. Um, she talked a little bit slower. But overall, I'm excited to see what she and Kyrie will do in February, and hopefully they'll get that DDT move right. I'm assuming it's a DDT. But I was excited to see her, and she's still going to be number 30 at Sasha Banks. She's going to be like the, the first-time-ever dual-type wrestler to split personality. What about you, man? Uh-oh. No, I, I thought that uh, – I just still can't believe Rhodesia thinks she's going to be in a rumble. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> no, I mean, 30. once again, for me, it was more I was happy for her because we knew she was going to be there. Like we, you know, it was kind of it was confirmed she was going to be there, so we knew she was in Japan. I don't put too much stock into uh, the move. I get it, right? And, you know, if you're one of the people now that all of a sudden hate Mercedes as a person because you only <laughs> love Sasha Banks, oh my goodness, did she give people a ton to talk about? The promo was a little bit disjointed, but in Japan, if you're not used to cutting a promo in front of that crowd, you don't get a response anyway. I saw some people talking about, look, she's not a huge star. She didn't get a response. Well, one, if no one in the crowd speaks English, they have no idea what she's talking about. But two, that's how New Japan is. They don't really give you a reaction until certain parts. We know that about the match. They'll kindly kindly applaud, clap at the beginning, and then you got to build up to to get those pops from that crowd. So Yeah, those are New Japan fans. Yeah, those you are know, New so Japan fans. I, yeah, I thought um I thought it was good. Do I think it could have been quick, better? Yep, I do. Yeah, real quick. Um, and I'll let you finish that thought in a second, Matt. But now that you say that, now that I say about her talking slower, even Kenny when he was there, and I was watching New Japan at that time, Kenny talked slower when he mm-hmm. was there. So again, it it probably is just a solid again them uh, with language barrier. But it, to me, it was just a little bit off. And then with the, the DDT, kind of just threw it all off. And I was still half asleep. So, But again, like Ishan said, she looked like a star. She walked down that runway, and that was a long, long ramp. And she killed it every step. She had oomph in it, personality oh and diva God. in it. She looked great. But like oh I said, to God. me, like you said, disc- <laughs> what did you say? Disconjoined? What did every word you just used, Matt, there? It felt a little bit off for me. But I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good first step for sure. Mercedes Monet is here. She said uh, during the press conference after New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, that this is just the first step. She is going to be on a world domination tour. Take that for what you will. I'm sure we'll get to part of that (laughs) during the Dynamite talk on this episode. 
but yeah, so overall, I thought that was good. And then, boy, oh boy, if my soundboard was working, this is where I would hit the gunshots, the claps, the air horns, anything positive. Yes. We have already, we have already seen what? the match of the year. Mm-hmm. Osprey and Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. If you guys have not seen it, this is worth the price of admission alone. And New Japan World is only eight bucks a month. You could times that by five. And this match is worth that alone. They went out and destroyed each other. And I was so impressed with this match because this story, if you guys don't know, kind of just started like last year. And it was more of a, you left New Japan, you couldn't do what I did. It was, you know, you don't know what I'm going through with, you know, trying to work in front of no fans. And when the fans are here, they can't, you know, speak or anything. I'm holding it down with the title. And then all of it was kind of done just via video promotions and all that. It was not a lot of it was face-to-face. It wasn't face-to-face until we got them in AEW. And that was all in trios. So uh, with the trios piece, we saw how good that was. And we're like, man, when they become just one-on-one, it is going to be ridiculous. We got the announcement that they were going to do it in Wrestle Kingdom. They got the semi-main spot. And shout out to Okada. I understand Okada is Okada. Okada's like John Cena when John Cena was at the height. Nobody goes after Okada. But Wrestle Kingdom felt a lot like WrestleMania when it was Hogan and Rock. They were in that semi-main spot, and then they did Triple H Jericho afterwards, and nobody really cared about Triple H Jericho because the crowd was spent. That was a lot of how I felt uh, Wrestle Kingdom. You couldn't top it. And as as good as Jay White and Okada was, they didn't come close to topping that match. But whatever you want to talk about, stars, five stars, one out of ten, ten, whatever it is, it was at the apex to me. I thought it was brilliant. It was, I, I mean, I could talk on and on just the stories they told in that match. Mm. There were so many intricate pieces in that match that if you go back and watch it and you know the story, you would catch it. But like I said, I can go on going on and on and on. So I'll throw it to you guys. Thoughts on that match. And do you believe that uh one, it is already the match of the year. Of course it's the match of the year right now. Just, yeah, but do you yeah, think that that match is going to hold up to being in the top three of matches of the year when we do our year in review here 12 months from now? Hills, yeah. So you know I love Billy Goat. Um, but man, the moves that DDT off of the on the turnbuckle that the first one that pretty much cracked Osprey open. Then just down to like the uh, <laughs> the table spots. Oh my gosh. And then Omega Omega, you know, smashing his head through the table, breaking it. Like I mean they were rough on each other. They beat each other's butt. And then the time that Osprey did have some of his offensive moves, how intense those were. I mean, oh, in the elbows, like you said, I can just go on and on and on. I could watch that over and over and over again. And that was with me being half asleep and just amazing. It was perfection. It was absolutely perfection for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed that match. Um, they've been telling that story, as you said, Matt, for a very long time. Um, I don't know if if uh, Will legit doesn't like Kenny or not, but it would certainly <laughs> seem that way based on some of these tweets. Because, you know, because he sounded like a little whiny girl in some of the tweets he made like months ago. Like, oh, Kenny, you won't, you won't let me do my thing. You know, <laughs> just, just just some of the comments, you know, they didn't seem like a, a like a like a wrestler pushing like a, 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 a program through Twitter. It seemed like a guy who was really legit in his feelings so 
hindsight going to this match, it seemed like this is something they've been working all the whole time. And so they've been telling this story for a very, very long time. So it was awesome to see the match. It was very hard hitting. Man, it was some moves that were just breathtaking, right? Like How that many DDT. V-triggers? Oh my God, Rhodesia. Like the the one you mentioned on the, the, the DDT on the on the top rope. I hadn't mm. seen anything like that. That was I've phenomenal. Never seen that move before. Um, or like a, or even like a face the face buster. I, that's probably the best thing I can call it. The second move after he was busted open in the table spots. That was sick. It I was mean, quite it, a few. <sighs> but I, I will say this, and I, I hate to do it, but it only took me out of the moment because I sometimes I hate when things that happen in matches take me out of the moment. Will's getting out of the ass whoop. I mean, he mm-hmm. was getting he was taking some fierce moves and these moves is some of them i haven't seen in a long time especially that ddt he is getting that ass whooped then all of a sudden the tide turned and i don't know he snapped out snapped or woke up and started giving kenny offense to me that just didn't seem realistic because he had just been getting his ass whooped for so long however his offense and that was i had that thought for maybe a few seconds until he started going and when he started going and he started selling the fatigue from the match and the hurt that he had and the blood you know, I, I forgot about that brief five seconds of like, oh, wait a minute. He just got his ass whooped for about 30 minutes. How does he have the energy to give this much offense? But through his work, I quickly got over that and got right back into the into the match. If there's one disconnect I might have, it might have been just that transition from he's about to get, you know, pass out to I got Hulk Hogan. Maybe if he actually did a Hulk Hogan like pump up. You know, he started shaking the ropes and he started, you know, doing the the <laughs> something to, to let That's me know that he, yeah, like he That's started doing something like that to get me ready. I might have been more into it in that moment. But that's just a, a small bit in the match that I slightly got disconnected from. But overall, it was definitely one of my favorite matches probably in the past, you know, six to eight months. Absolutely. There was only one disconnect for me. And and I'm going to just take it easy because I've been told several times by Matt, just chill and relax, but he didn't win. Osprey lost. And I thought that that was the perfect time for Omega to pass the torch to him and have him go over. And that didn't happen. And I was Damn very it, angry. We, we got to smarten you very, up on this show. Very, 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 very angry about we gotta that. We got to smarten really, you up, really angry. No, but he should have passed the torch. Just from that press conference alone, he's like, man, I'm taking it. I'm going to take it. If you don't give it to me, Bro- I'm going to take it. Rhodesia, we gotta smarten you up again. Look, oh, I'm smart. This ain't the, this this ain't gonna be the last match. I know that. If but if on, if he on the won, grand stage of Wrestle Kingdom, oh my gosh, like if, come on. If he won, then the next match wouldn't be as big now. Even bigger, even bigger. Yeah, now right? for sure. No, for sure. I get that, but for me and as and that and fan, because remember, I'm in. That's. I'm engaged with that. I, I no, love you Osprey. Be. But but and now so, you're gonna be even more engaged because now boom. Kenny holds a NJPW title. Let's not forget mm. that. You want to talk about cementing this relationship. What does Forbidden Door there. 2 look like? Ooh. What does next year's Wrestle Kingdom look like? The, mm. These this is going to be fantastic what they're going to do going forward. Two quick things on Talk the match, and then we can move on. Number one, I thought you kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, Isham, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I thought uh, Billy Goat's um, selling was incredible. I've never seen him sell like that before. I thought he played the role of fighting from underneath. Incredible. No that doubt. was wow. chef's, chef's kiss. Number two, when can we get this Kenny Omega in AEW? <laughs> 
I, I get the whole elite thing. I get the bucks. I get his fun. I get all that. That is the Kenny Omega that when we heard about AEW starting, we envisioned we'd see every week, every month. And it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's a situation where he just feels super comfortable in New Japan. I don't know if it's a situation where he is intentionally trying to separate how he wrestles in different promotions. But please, in 2023, give me that Kenny Omega once he moves away from the trio situation with the Young Bucks. But Matt, uh, we started getting that Kenny on the Bill Collector run. And also, he was beat the crap. Let him tell it as far as the amount of injuries that he was working through, I want to say for almost a year um, during that run and beyond. So now they're saying that Kenny is at 80% healed um, from all those injuries. I mean, he looks like this is the best shape I've ever seen him in, in my opinion. I mean, he looks great from physique, um, his overall look. Um, This is is the best looking Kenny Omega we've seen in years. So if those injuries, if he was able to wrestle at such a high level during the belt collector and he was severely injured, like, man, look look out for 2023. I think we're going to see some great Kenny Omega matches. But my only thing with that is, who would he be wrestling with in AEW that can handle those type of matches? Oh, we need another uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah. You know, we need that back. Mm-hmm. You know, you I know Moxie got- wants to put his foot in there. Yeah. You got a lot. Yeah, when, you got you got. When CM got Punk comes back. Uh-huh, oh, yes. <laughs> hit, hit that boo. It's coming, baby. No, it's uh, not. You guys got anything else on MJPW and or, and or Wrestle Kingdom before we transition over to WWE? I yeah, quick Will thing. I, I got a couple things. I also want to mention um, one match that really stood out for me was that tag match, junior tag um, heavyweight matches with the uh, Leo Rush and the um, and Yo the versus right. the... Was that the opener? Because because uh, there was yeah, a the long of, that, of the actual pay per view. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a great match. Now that type of that type of style, typically I don't like. Because you know it was a it was a tag match, but it was a lot of them in the ring at the same time. Sometimes you know there wasn't selling, but it was such a high energy. Um, Leo Rush, I think, is phenomenal. The in and, and uh, my my man TJP, man, he is so darn good in the ring, man. Yeah. Like that yeah. was an amazing tag match. For years, match. he's been great. Absolutely, but I got two questions for you guys. Number one, so for me as a viewer, what pushed me over the top to order Russell Kingdom was when I found out for sure that Mercedes was going to be on the show. I wanted to see what she was doing. Okay. Now I gave the overall um, appearance an A, but do you think that Mercedes? is going to make us buy the next show. And my second question was, if a lot of fans like me tune in to see her on this show, did New Japan do its job by retaining us as a viewer to, to continually pay $8 a month to watch their programming? Do you guys want to continue to watch New Japan, and will you watch the next pay-per-view that um, Mercedes is in? God damn sure I watch in New Japan for eight ninety nine versus ten dollars of ROH. <laughs> oh Lord. That's for sure. That's oh, number one. Um, we need yeah. shotgun blast. <laughs> but no, your first that was the second question. The first question, um, yeah. The answer is yeah, I think so. So what you think, Matt? I think one, did they do a good enough job 
see the it, the reason why that's such a hard question to answer is because the focal point of that show after it's all said and done, everybody's talking about Mercedes and everybody's talking about Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is also a contracted AEW wrestler, so we can watch Kenny Omega every Wednesday and Friday on AEW. Mercedes just said that this is only her first stop. She's going on a world domination tour. If Mercedes does that and she ends up on AEW, we'll be able to see Mercedes on AEW. So they're not exclusive to NJPW. So I would say... Did they do enough? I would say yes. I I think they converted some fans that would say, man, I really like NJPW. But I also think that I would probably venture the majority of people that that was their first time watching NJPW, the majority of people, and say they only signed on to see Sasha Banks, not knowing that, oh, she's going to be Mercedes, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think they converted those people, no. But I do think that with that word leaking that she's going to be there, with knowing we were getting uh, Omega on the show, with Osprey, I think they're going to do a big number for NJPW World, but I, I don't think it was enough to convert it's not going to be a Jericho thing, I don't think. When Jericho came, you know, they had a huge number, and then they had, like, I think a 30% conversion rate. I would say yeah. that number's going to be less than that, depending on if we see Sasha Banks next week on Dynamite, which we will. I think that number drops. You will see Sasha Banks on Dynamite. Mercedes Monet, we will see on Dynamite. <laughs> All right, let's uh, transition over to the WWE. Ishan, you took the fam to the live event. Last, was it last Tuesday? I believe it was. Last Tuesday. Yeah, we didn't get a chance uh, to talk about it on on last week's show. So I wanted you to kind of talk about what the live event experience was. When was the last, was the Rumble the last televised WWE show that you went to this past January? The Rumble was, uh, and what year was that? Was was that 2021? No, yeah, it was just this past year. So it was 2022. Yeah. Is that 22 we went to the last Rumble we went to? Okay. Yep. Um, that was the last uh, WWE show I went to, um, and I, I said I told you guys like, look, this is the last time I'm going to one of these shows. I can't do this anymore. Pay this money to see these shows, to see these stale wrestlers, because you know we sat there. I talked. We talked about it on a different show. The we sat there and saw guy after guy come out of that Royal Rumble, and we did not care about any of them. So to fast forward to Tuesday. It was such an amazing uh, experience, guys. It was a great moment. Um, we, I brought my kids, nine and four, to their first show. They loved it. Our mutual friend brought his awesome wife and their son to the show. And let me tell you, the kids had a ball. Um, we had a um, moment and great memories at that show. So thank Wonderful. you, WWE, for that. They really enjoyed themselves. And the great thing about this show, and this is why... You know, Vince potentially coming back and tipping his toe into the creative is, is, is frustrating for me. It's because not only did I have a great time, my kids had a great time. Uh, the, the boys wanted to go back to another show. They want to, they're into wrestling now um, to this show. Our friend who used to watch wrestling back in the day hasn't watched it some time. You know, he and I went to the concession stands at one point and he was telling me he had no idea who the New Day was. Wow. He wow. had not seen the New Day, you know, during their heyday. You know, right now they're kind of on, on, you know, I would say they're on the end of their run. 
there still could be a lot more run left. But, you know, he missed a lot of great moments for that. So he's been out of the loop for quite some time. But great news is he saw enough of that show that he is entertained and he enjoyed himself that he wants to see more of it. Um, he wants to go to more shows. And that's what you want. That's what we want as fans. We want to bring more of our friends and family members to these events so they can enjoy the 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 wrestling that we love. We want to help grow that viewership. We want to help grow that audience by bringing our friends and family into the fold. And when we went to that show, a live event, we had so much fun that now we got some new young fans and we got mm-hmm. an old fan coming back to the fold. So mission accomplished, guys. Great time. Wonderful. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. So then when was your last house show? Oh, I haven't, I haven't gone to a, a non- a non-televised uh, show for WE in, gosh, I, it might have been a couple of years, man. I used to stay so, away from so it for the, a long time. So for anybody who has not been to a live event for WWE, kind of just give them a couple of notes on what's the difference from a, of course, we know there's no pyro. There's not the big, huge stage. They do have a walkway. But kind of just run down just really quick the differences of if a live event is coming into their town, why should they go even though it's not televised? Well, it, what it seemed like to me is that the wrestlers were a lot more, much more free. Um, they were much more interactive with the fans. They seemed to be having a lot of fun in uh, in the matches. You, you you can tell they're doing a lot more ab living. Um, I mentioned on the previous pod that you know Brian took time to you know handshake, sign autographs with pretty much everyone that was in the front row. You know, at a at a live show, there's no way that he would get around, get away with being to do that because they got to keep that show moving. Um, Kevin Owens got on the microphone. Now, Kevin Owens, he cuts promos all the time. It's funny. So he started cutting, you no, know, he started cursing during the promo. He called somebody a punk bitch. And oh. so here's, so here's <laughs> my Sammy, wife, right? right? So this, Sammy? <laughs> he called Sammy, right? So now all of a sudden my wife looks over at the kids, give them the stink eye, right? I'm like, what are you looking at them for? They didn't say it. <laughs> like, well, I want to know if they heard it. I'm like, he is a live mic. <laughs> I'm like, that I'm sure funny. they heard it. <laughs> like, it's so amazing. So I, I, we've heard him cut those type of promos on TV, but it was a very impromptu. And I would say this was a very, very non-scripted promos that they were cutting. Um, so just, so if you want to go to a show and you want to see a very interactive show, you want to see a very free show, um, go to one of the live shows, at least for now, until you no know, Vince comes back. Who who knows what happens <laughs> when he, when that man comes back? But for right now, great time. Yeah, we, our our last uh, live event was last December, mm-hmm. so not this past December, but the December before that. And what I've always said is that live events are fun. It's fun. Yeah, you know, you're not getting you title talk. Changes. You talk to the wrestlers if you're close enough. You're talking to them. They talking back yeah, to like, you. They they interact significantly. To your point, everybody's taking selfies by ringside or you know signing autographs on their way back to the back. It's just a fun, just a fun, fun environment. So, and that's one of the things I'm really excited for AEW. There's word that this year in 2023 they're going to start test marketing some house shows, live events for their brand, and I think that one is going to significantly help their younger talent. Yes, their younger talent can work independence, but if you guys have ever been to independent shows, completely different type of wrestling style and cadence than what you would do for TV. So those young wrestlers having a chance to wrestle under the AEW umbrella where it's not on television is going to help their growth. And I think it's going to even fans that, that show up will have maybe just even more fun than they do actually on the TV tapings because they have that a little bit more carefree 
environment. So that is that is super, super cool. Uh, Rhodesia, we did see SmackDown last Friday, the return of what some people call the GOAT of WWE, John Cena. And we I also had the return. About Charlotte. No, I was going to say, we also had the return of arguably the female GOAT, Charlotte <laughs> Flair. Let's start with Cena because we knew he would be there. My opinion, super fun. They popped a huge rating. I think they did 2.6 million, which is really, Ooh. really big for them. Cena came in, hit the greatest hits, got the crowd excited. That's it. Cool. Wasn't much to that match. Uh, it was a ton of star power. Did Cena do enough for you uh, in that match and to get you excited? And just overall, what did you think about seeing Cena back in the WWE fold? Oh, so you know I love Cena. Uh, did he do enough? I think he did just enough. There was nothing. It was what I would expect it. But I was interested to see how the interaction was going to be the first time Roman and Cena got together. So uh, Roman, um, for those who watched, he went and pulled Cena off of the apron. And that was like their first exchange in their fight. And I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, Roman's such a heel. So that right there just made me even more happy on the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. Cena got a kind of a ball spot going on right now. Maybe he should just go cut his hair bald and, you know, but he's getting older, but he looks great. Looks fantastic. And like you said, the greatest hits he did. <laughs> I love that line. I'm going to use that. He did his greatest hits. I was happy. I was content. Again, 10, 20 years wrestling every year. That's incredible. So. Hey, it's funny. We We saw the return of one of the goats. And also the debut of that awesome ball spot. I couldn't take my eyes off it for a minute, man. Hey, look, but listen, that's that's just showing that it can happen, right? Because I, I, I ain't a lot of you guys, man. I use Rogaine myself. I, I like it. So I don't know. Uh, actually, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, look, this man, let's take a talk about LeBron too, man. These people make, these, these are millionaires, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like, hey, look, if I had the money they had, I'm buying all the replacement surgery, the plugs, but then they say the plugs hurt, hairline though, surgery. But they hurt. These dudes is getting know. all these these tattoos. Like I can't be any worse than that. Hey, put me to sleep. I like I don't get it. But <laughs> I'll digress. I think it was very, very, very great. Um, him coming back. Um, mm-hmm. in, in in some ways, man, it made me feel like like this is what happens when when the stars are on the show, right? Like Roman oh, Reigns yeah. is obviously a star. But, you know, John Cena is a megastar. You know, we saw some awesome ratings from that show. And I love that. I love when CD shows grow and have great, um, you know, audience and viewership. And he was able to do that for that company. It just made me wish, like, man, I wish that when Dirty Vince, stay off my TV, was in charge and he did a better job of creating more stars, right? What if, like, because back in the day when we used to watch back in the day, you had The Undertaker, you had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Ric Flair, Randy Orton. You had a host of stars on these shows, right? It wasn't just an ensemble cast. Like, John Cena is such a star. Roman's, Roman Reigns is such a star. It makes everyone else look less than in comparison. And you look at these ratings, they're really, really moving. So I hope that Triple H continues to build new stars for this audience so we can continue to have these great moments because that's what it was. It was a great moment to have him in the ring on a return, debuting his ball spot. I thought it was a ball. I thought it was really awesome. Now, remember, though, people, no one was bigger than the WWE. So to that point that you made, you know, there's no more John Cena's. We wish he did made more mega stars, more superstars. He just wasn't. No one was bigger than WWE. And we I, can thank, again, we, say, can, we can thank The Rock for that, for leaving yeah. Vince high and dry after Rock left. And then, of course, Austin took his ball and went home. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Vince made it a point of we are no longer going to make 
anybody bigger than the WWE. So that's kind of where that came from on that. And then as we talked about, the other GOAT showed up, Charlotte Flair. So let's have two quick discussions separately on this. Let's start with just Charlotte Flair's back. How'd you guys feel about seeing Charlotte Flair before she did anything in that segment? My, the goosies was there. I was so excited. You know, I signed up for watching SmackDown to get John Cena and I got the female goat. I don't even call her the female goat. I'm going to call her the other goat and got Charlotte Flair. Amazing. So happy. Got the goosies. Was excited. Oh, man. It was really great because I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan as well. So when she came out, and she looked amazing. I love her mm-hmm. new gear. She did. Um, yeah. I love that. Like, she kind of switches up a little bit. And that's one thing about Charlotte. Like, I'm a huge fan of hers. Not only her ring work. I, I love her gear. I think her gear is is on point. It's sharp each and every time. She switched it up a little bit and got something new. Came back. And then, uh, you know, your girl. You know, my sister. Right, my sister coming off a great match with Raquel. Oh they my delivered. goodness! I was like, can we okay. talk about that? Can we talk about that, please? Because we have bashed Ronda over and over and over again and for a half nah, second. That's I not said, fair. That's not fair. We haven't bashed I, well, Ronda oh, over I have, and over. Okay. Well, we have. You don't have. think we said? I don't think I said anything positive about her outside of that she had potential before. No, y'all did a whole segment on it. Yeah. So my whole y'all. thing is. My goodness, did Ronda and Raquel show out? So I I thought for a second watching that match, well, maybe it was Liv and Shotzi spot <laughs> <laughs> for a second. But then I'm thinking, well, maybe it also could just be the size of Raquel. You know, you work different when you're with somebody who's your size or someone who's smaller or shorter. But my goodness, that match, I, I was like, finally, we get the Ronda. <laughs> that I've been talking about, that I've been wanting, that I know was always there. Finally, I get her. <laughs> and then what happened? And then, and then she got alert. Got. And, then and then she, she got, got, got. got. So <laughs> we see Charlotte come out to your point, Nishan, looking like a million bucks. Star entrance, star reception from the crowd. Rhonda picks up the microphone. <laughs> And then all hell broke loose after that. Rhonda says, hey, look, what do you want? Oh, you want to fight now? Whatever she said. And Charlotte said, basically, hey, give me the title is mine. And she beat her like she said, give me the title is mine. <laughs> um, I think they made Rhonda look absolutely ridiculous in that. Of course, it has nothing to do with Rhonda. I'm talking storyline wise. I hate that for Rhonda because it made her look stupid. By taking on, you don't take on Charlotte. If it was somebody after else, after you that had happened, a match, okay. After you yeah, had like, that type of match, yeah, yeah, you had that type of match. Like that was a hard fought match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't like that. But hey, we get you know Charlotte gets the belt. I do understand. There's probably not money in Charlotte chasing Ronda for the title because we all know she would beat Ronda. So I, I see that point. But man. I, when you watch it, you just say, that's that's the best way we could have got from point A to point B. Now my thought is, is Ronda gone for a while? Are we right. completely revamping her character the kind of the same way we did with Theory when he got rid of the Money in the Bank briefcase where he was different? Do we get her and Shayna as a tag team now? 
I hope this is not the case, but then do we get a Shayna and Ronda feud? Because Shayna told her, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. And she did anyway. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. But what were, what were your guys' thoughts when you, you saw that uh, Charlotte squashed her in 30 seconds? Well, I was wondering, was we going to get that theory, that theory energy you brought the last podcast? Because this was a similar scenario, right? Because like it, Ronda, it made no sense for her to accept that, that, that title. Um, but I mean, the fans have been calling for her to lose that title. So I guess, I mean, mission accomplished. Everyone, everyone wanted that sister fired and they wanted to, to build off over. So we got our wish. Um, uh, however, I thought that the entire segment was completely ridiculous. However, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel bad about it. Cause I felt like, look, Charlotte came back looking like a star. She looked amazing. You know, she has a championship. Now it's Ronda chasing Charlotte, if that's what we're going to get. But, I, you know, because obviously they're positioning Charlotte as a as a, a baby face, right? I, I actually imagine. got the opposite of that. I felt heel vibes from her. You got heel vibes from her? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I felt. Is it, is it because she is she because she grabbed the, the tights just to win or just because she started the flare? I just think that the look of her gear that she had, the colors. Now, again, she has worn blue, a a nice royal blue where she was a bad girl then. But it was the color of her outfit and grabbing other tights to win. And you challenging somebody after they had a hard match, um, a hard fought match. So it was like kind of those things there. And I'm like, well, she's actually leaning to her heel because that's what I was thinking. If her, you know, Rhonda was going to go back and forth, what's going to happen there? Because to me, I took them as both heels. She's playing into the crowd a lot. That's why I got the she baby was. face. Cause she, yeah. cause you know, Charlotte, it, when she plays heel, she plays, she, she's for not sure. like those cool heels. She plays as a true mm-hmm. vicious heel. Um, mm-hmm. so for her playing into the crowd, that's what I got from it. But you know, I've, I was fine with the entire segment. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see where it goes. Um, but I didn't, I like, as you said, man, I'm like, man, like Rhonda is like, this. and Shane is telling her, like, no, 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 just don't do this. Yeah, right. nah, you just, well, nah, let's just so another time. When your heel anyway. friend tells you don't do something, <laughs> told her like eight listen. times, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, like for about five minutes, like, yo, let's go. Like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm like, Oh my God. This is, I, I knew at that point when the match was going to start, oh, what yeah. was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I knew off rip what was going to happen. But my question to you guys, and this is this is what this I I hate about being a fan about Charlotte Flair is like the amount of hate that she gets from fans for being as great as she is. Like I was listening to a guy talk about like, oh, the reason why they gave her the title is because she was entitled. Like, okay, how okay, how was her being entitled gonna make uh, Triple H book her to be the champion? Like he has the power. Vince all these years has booked her in a position because she's entitled. I mean, the, 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 I've never gotten the Charlotte Flair hate because she is great. Look, her name might get her in the company, but we've seen second and third generation wrestlers flame out left and right. That name doesn't keep them there. So her work ethic, her style, her ring, her presence is what keeps her, her, her on top. Like, I just don't understand the backlash from it, all of it. Everything you just said, she instantly, and I, I tweeted this, she instantly made that SmackDown Women's Division significantly better, better when she no came doubt. back. When you can do that, I don't like, yep. no, there is no entitlement. But to your point, Ishan, it's funny you say that, besides maybe Roman right now, and this goes for both major companies, besides Roman 
and besides MJF, everyone else gets hate if they're good. Which is, I, I think that's par for the course. Hey, if you're successful, yeah. you get the haters. Yep. But I mean, think about it. Sasha got hated on, even when she was in WWE. Becky got hated on, or get you know gets hated on. I mean, and you could just go down the list, and it's like, yep, you get hated on, you get hated on, you get hated on. But um, no, I mean, Charlotte's fantastic, and she's right mm-hmm. where she needs to be. She should be the champ. Yeah, because who who else would be the champ over her? Let's be honest. So if you want to call that entitlement, so be it. But because she, she's great, she is greatness. Absolutely, because you look at that roster, especially that SmackDown roster, as you said, Rhodesia, like who is a bigger draw than her, right? It's like she, in my opinion, is the greatest women's wrestler ever. And my favorite wrestlers are uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha, but I think that Charlotte Flair is the greatest women's wrestler ever. I think that if, I think personally, I think the next step for her is to wrestle men. Uh, And I'm not really a guy that likes intergender uh, matches because I think the, the, the wrestling, you have to kind of, kind of suspend your disbelief but to see like somebody, uh, a smaller woman wrestle with some of these big muscular men, take these moves and matches, I mean moves like the men do, it's, it's kind of a disconnect. But I think if somebody could do it, it would be Sasha. I, just, I mean, not Sasha, it's Charlotte. I'm not sure who on that women's roster can really compete with Charlotte because she's beating them all. And she looks so dominating in everything. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's, you know, by design, I think that's just the way she works. She just looks that much sharper and better than anybody else. She's a star, and like stars, you're going to work up to my level, or I'm going to expose you, and not expose you in a way of I'm going, going to go out of my way to, to get you gassed in the ring. No, I'm going to expose you because you're not on my level. That's yep. how she always wrestles. And so you got you to gotta elevate. You got to elevate. Becky elevates everyone she's in the ring with. Sasha elevates everyone she's in the ring with. Charlotte elevates everybody she's in the ring with. But to your point, it's like she's 1A and the next person is significantly lower. So I'm excited just to see, yeah, what their plan is going to be heading into Mania season for the SmackDown Women's Championship and for those girls to get in the ring with Charlotte and learn. Because that's that's going to help them big time, tremendously. If you had enough, you know, and again, you have the house shows where your Shotzi's, your Liv's, Ken Russell, with Charlotte to just get those reps in. Cause you know, there's no, there's no shortcut in the business. It's just getting those reps in with somebody who is as smart veteran and seasoned as Charlotte. It's only going to do, you know, greatness for that division. And that's why she is the queen, the goat, and now the champion. Rightfully so. No doubt. Talking about the queen, the goats. Let's talk about the uncles. The uncles. Oh. Uncle Howdy not rock with Bray Wyatt. Ooh. Sheesh, did not see that coming. Intrigued I forgot that was that SmackDown. Intrigued to see where we come to with this. Is it something else more to it? Is Uncle Howdy upset with Bray? We'll see. We do know now we're getting the pitch black match, whatever that is, at the Rumble between Bray and uh, LA Knight, which LA Knight has been incredible in this entire Yeah. Give yeah. Give him the rocket in 2023. I would love for him to win Money in the Bank. Can you imagine the promos and the segments with him in that briefcase? I think it's oh, I would be so tired of him, but it'd be so good. I think it is tailor made <laughs> for him. Yeah, but uh, Ishan, you talked about it. I think on last week's pod, you know, this Bray Wyatt storyline is not catching you. I'm going to assume. 
Friday segment did nothing to get you more invested in the storyline? Did nothing for me, honey. Wow. Nothing yeah. at all. Figured as much. Nothing. Yeah, like, nothing and we'll see where, where it goes. We'll see that's, where it that's goes. Where, that's but, where I'm at. I'm like, I wait and see. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that there's layers to this and like the next chapter to this story is what's going to start taking it over the top. Because I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a slow build to all of this. Right? Because originally Bray came out with the Uncle Howdy mask on his first night. Remember, You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. He, he, the first night he had the Uncle Howdy mask. He came out with the lantern. He had the mask on. He took the mask off and it was him. So that led me to believe that they it was Bray, a split personality to some degree. Um, that that manifests physically, um, but I'm and assuming maybe that the next the chapter. Case. Yeah, I'm assuming the next chapter is going to be the, the the big thing or the the deciding moment for that that feud. Regardless, we know that Uncle Howdy is mad at Bray, and I think it's just because Bray pretty much said, "Hey, let's fight at the Rumble. Let's have a match where Uncle Howdy is more tenacious and like, no, why are you giving this dude a heads up? No, let's kill him right now." kind of what we saw in raw and we'll talk about that on raw with alexa bliss so great transition let's go right into that we did see bianca and, and bliss wrestle for the women's championship match match i thought was really solid uh the ending i did not care for which part the the masks or the all beat of down it. all okay. of it no the beat down was okay the mask okay yeah I, I didn't care for you've wrestled for 20 minutes now and you're close to winning the championship, but you get freaked out by two people in the crowd with the mask. And then the, you know, Titantron blips to the butterfly. And then you kind of just like lose your mind. The losing your mind part, okay. Maybe it is some point of Bray or whatever this is having mind control over her. But I thought the her being freaked out because there's people in the crowd when she's in a women's championship match was like, mm, I don't know. And the reason why I wasn't a big fan of it, my assumption is this feud is still going on, right? Can we assume this match is going to happen at the well, Rumble? Well, should she oh, be fired? This, should she this be is fired? like the beginning. This is the beginning of the feud. We're definitely in the yeah, beginning Yeah, so like, I personally am not more excited for seeing them wrestle again at this point. Of course, they can do some things on Raw to get us back invested, but like coming away from it, when I saw it, I'm like, I'm kind of over this feud. I, I don't want to see it again. Were you guys more invested when you saw that? Or were you like, eh? I think I'm actually a little bit more invested. And it's funny that you see it the other way. Uh, I, each week, each time we're seeing Alexa, she's getting and becoming a little bit more more spazzed out. And I think this was probably the breaking mm-hmm. point. This was like the finale of of her finally breaking and she broke. Uh, I'm actually more interested on it because I think from the Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt over there on SmackDown and then here on Raw, well, I guess he, Uncle Howdy showed up on both, right? Raw and SmackDown. No, no just SmackDown. SmackDown. Okay, so then just drawing those parallels to each other, Uncle Howdy is relevant in both or Bray or whatever. This entity, let's call it the entity, is you know is in both you know shows. So I'm actually really interested to see how this plays out, knowing that Alexa could be this version of her, the the crazy weird person that wasn't under Vince McMahon. Like I, I'm really excited to see kind of how that plays out. Because we know Bray is very creative. So, <laughs> oh, damn it. It'll, it'll, it'll be the same. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. You know what? The, 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 the continued thought of him coming back is making me more and more depressed. 
I know, like, no, seriously, like, when I read that, it put me in a bad mood. Like, it legit put me in a bad mood because I'm like, why can't we just have good things for WWE? Like, we are in a space where I talked about all the time. Everybody has to say, like, you are enjoying it more. It is significantly improved. And just to hear that he's coming back in any capacity, uh, <laughs> ahead alone, uh, that hey, he's still gonna be the head guy in charge of everything if he does come back. Even if he says, "I'm not touching what you guys see," it's just like, man, it just it kind of puts a damper on it, for sure. Yeah, that makes it rough, no doubt. Um, but yeah, actually, I I agree with Rhodesia. Um, I'm a little bit more interested into the feud. Now, I will okay. say I thought the match itself was a little lacking. Um, I didn't know specifically what it was. I'm not a trained wrestler, even though I, I, I wanted to be a trained wrestler, but I'm not I'm not a trained wrestler. I don't know whose fault it was or what was happening, but the match itself seemed kind of clunky. Um, and the really the the last stages of the match, I mean, the the Alexa freakout is actually what started getting me interested in what was going on. The beatdown and everything, all the shenanigans afterwards is entertaining to me more so than the match itself. Um, and it's, it's an interesting concept with the whole Bray Wyatt thing, right? The dude stood up, had the mask on. You know, you think about Uncle Howdy. Maybe Uncle Howdy isn't a being, but he's like some kind of entity that passes through vessels, sure. right? Yeah. Maybe Uncle Howdy passes through Bray and through Bo Dallas, if that's who actually ends up being the, the permanent vessel or Maybe it's this dude in the crowd. Like, so there's a lot of different ways they can kind of go because, you know, we all know that Bray is a big horror fan. So I kind of like, like, the different blips on the screen and the 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 mask that, that freaks Alexa out and is making her have a, a character change. And for me, I'm, I, I love the character stuff, but the match itself up until that point, um, I, I would probably agree with you, Matt. It, it wasn't, I didn't love what I saw, um, but I definitely was got invested in the end with the shenanigans afterwards. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm in the minority on that. Yeah, I mean, the match was just cool, right? It was like, okay, it's cool. And that's why when I saw that. I wouldn't like, say it was cool. It was, it was just like, okay, and then we get the DQ finish. I was like, oh, we're not done with this. Um, only other thing from Raw that I want to just bring up is Seth and mm. Austin Theory. Boy, oh, boy. Did they turn it up in that match? And that last five, six minutes was off the charts good. Allegedly, according to the backstage news, Seth is okay. He is not legit hurt, so that is great to hear. Because when I saw that, I'm like, "Oh, this is this is this is not good for Seth. It's not good for WWE." Because we talked about how like this is going to be probably the most star-studded WrestleMania. You need Seth freaking Rollins there in yep. Mania, you know, to be on that build. But looks like he's okay. Looks like you know he just did a, a hell of a sell job for whatever story they're telling. Which, if that's the case, this is pretty cool because then it tells me that we are transitioning. To something different you know i don't know if that has to do with cody coming back what that looks like but it does look like it's something different he did tweet out uh what was it redesign rebuild reclaim the, the mm-hmm. same thing that he started when he came back from his last knee injury so that should be pretty cool but i thought they brought it i thought that match was was great to end raw what'd you guys think i mean everything you just said i'll just double down on um, and again, just we talked about the people like the women you were mentioning, how they you have to wrestle up to them and how you how they bring out the best in their other opponent. Same thing with Seth. And we've talked about that. We've we tooted that horn several times. And just for Austin Theory to be able to get that experience with him in the ring, too. And we know Austin Theory is good, too. But being able to get to dance your dance partner, Seth Rollins. Oh, man, I just both of them are just elevating, you know, so 
everything you said, double down, plus just being able to be happy to see Austin Theory getting those reps in and elevating himself as well. Absolutely. I couldn't say more. It was a great match, great showing for Theory. You know, Seth is always uh, amazing in the ring. So, yeah, absolutely. A-plus match. Mm-hmm. Anything else on Raw you guys want to discuss before we transition over to AW and the Dynamite show we saw this week? Just the spot where um, Solo powerbomb Elias on the grand piano. Yeah. That was sick. <laughs> and when you say no, no budge, that grand piano took no budge. He took all of it. <laughs> but that that's it. That was pretty eye-appealing. It was like, whoa. All right. So speaking of, man, talk about transitions. Rhodesia, you got I love it. Talk about Woo-hoo. eye candy. Dynamite this oh. week. Spoiler alert, this will be my TFW moment of the week. The new set. I am such a fan of presentation. I am a fan of attention to detail. I am a fan of uh, all that kind of stuff. So when we heard that they were going to have their new set, I was more excited about that than any match on the show because I know what that can do. People really discount and discredit what presentation does for a wrestler for anybody. If you've ever been to a concert and you see the stage, you're just like, wow, this person's a star. Same thing with wrestling. It's the reason why Roman's intro is what it is. His entrance. It's because of the presentation of the entrance. And I so much loved Ricky Starks. He had the second entrance of the night. Jericho came out. Of course, Jericho's already a star, but it was a different feel with Ricky mm-hmm. and that stage and that lighting than it was before that. And I can't wait to w- see what they do with Jade's entrance going forward, MJF's entrance going forward, those type of things. But I absolutely love the new set. I love the new pyro. Everything I asked for, they did it. I, I wanted more pyro, better pyro. That was taken care of. The stage looks like this is the second biggest company now in wrestling. It it's no longer league. looks like, yeah, it no longer looks like, hey, we're just happy to be here. And that was what the mm-hmm. old stage looked like when we first saw it. It was like, oh, cool. We kind of like the Emmy crossing between maybe TNA and, you know, some other companies back in the day. No, now it is big leagues. It is big time. They did that. The camera angle is also a little bit different. That main camera angle is a little bit tighter in the ring, which makes the wrestlers look a little bit bigger because it's, it's, it's shot tighter. Uh, they did that. Um, and then they lit the crowd with just the stationary bright white light. It is no longer, you know, circular pink or purple or red, whatever color that was. WWE does that a lot where it's like that reddish color mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, no, like we want to see the crowd. I, I thought it was fan, fan, fantastic. And then that crowd was. Yeah. Air horns hot. to Seattle. Oh, man, oh man. Were they, we, as much as we talk about, you know, the trash crowds that we've seen on Raw mm-hmm. recently. It was tenfold the opposite <laughs> for Dynamite last night. So mm-hmm. I, I know I just talked a lot about the set and the crowd, but what were your guys' thoughts when you saw the new set? And I stayed away from Twitter. I made sure that the first second that I saw it, it was doing the presentation. And the other thing I love too, once again, I'm a big stickler to attention to detail. They used to always talk over the pyro. They laid out yesterday. Excalibur did not say anything until that pyro was finished. 
why are you talking over the pyro? And I understand Tony probably wants this to be that whole fast pace. Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. You got to let things breathe. And I thought they did a, a better job of that in the presentation yesterday. So I'll kind of get off my soapbox on that and lay out. You guys tell me, what did you guys think about the presentation? Some people tried to say that it is too much like WWE. I couldn't disagree more. But what did you guys think about uh, just the look of the new set for Dynamite? Man, did I feel that energy from you getting hype over talking about production in detail. <laughs> you are passionate and hot about that. Um, first, I just want to make a quick mention to um, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you know, his mother passed away, I believe, yesterday. So yeah, rest just in wanted peace to, for sure. Yeah, send thoughts and prayers there to them. Um, I can't really follow what you said there, but what I will say is, again, when Ricky Starks came out, I'm like, oh, he's big time. And you're right. Someone like me who probably don't pay attention to detail, it is the visuals. It's the experience. So if someone's getting just subpar or standard production, even if they're a great talent, at most they'll be uh, decent. But if you get somebody who is a, a great talent and have great visuals, great production, that experience feels good, they're going to be great. So for sure, I was impressed by the different screens. It like was like four four different like panels that was up there. Mm -hmm. It looked beautiful for sure. And Seattle was super crazy hot. I mean, it's like the SmackDown piped in audience times ten, but it was all legit. Oh my god! So, I, <laughs> but it was all legit. If, so. if we did a TFW <laughs> non moment of the week, it would be the damn piped in crowd noise for SmackDown. You got fifteen thousand people. At that show last Friday, and you are still mm -hmm. piping in that nasty noise. And I, I figured out why they do it. I'm sure they do it because they don't want to have to bleep out any of the uh, holy shit chants or, you know, whatever other chants that the crowd would do because it is PG. It is on network TV. I'm sure that's why they're doing it because they don't do it on Raw. But my God, that is horrendous. Mm -hmm, bad. But I digress. But no, um, production looked beautiful. Seattle was super hot. I kind of wanted, I was jealous. I kind of wanted to be there at that show last night. So. Which you which you got over there, Ishan? Oh, I totally agree. I couldn't say more to be honest with you. I thought it was a welcome upgrade. The show looked great. Love the panel. I love the way Ricky Ricky did look like a star. I mean, I, I think they're finally doing right by my boy, giving him time, giving him some wins, gave him a new superstar entrance. Um, yeah, they're well in the way. They're they're doing a lot of small things, um, a lot of small steps in the right direction to to make improvements mm -hmm. on that show overall. So yeah, I couldn't be more happy. Um, quick question for y'all. Is it irritating you yet that Ricky Starks keep getting beat up? That he's always like no, the underdog? Mm -mm. Okay. Because he beat Jericho. Okay. okay. So he, he he's had two major wins. Um, you know, of course he didn't win against MJF. We knew that. But he's had fantastic promos. He's getting W's. You know, he's having time with legends on the show. Mm -hmm. Not at all. You know, I want you fighting no under doubt. me. That, that, that is okay. what I want because he is kind of undersized. He shouldn't just be blowing mm -hmm. through people. Give me that story. I love it. Hey, and you know, the only thing I thought about that with that beatdown, I'm like, man, this dude ain't got no friends. Nobody feel bad for <laughs> Ricky. He ain't got no friends. That, he ain't got no don't, friends. Can't nobody come down? Like, it's I'm the beginning like, of the show. Everybody uh, fresh backstage. No uh, one want to come out and help well, him. Well, they did. They my, like, did. Uh, what's his name? Action Andretti. Right? And Dreddy, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he but out. he was just beat up. You saw his little black sure eye that looked fake. It looked so bad. And man, they did a terrible makeup job on that one. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, of course, we did see MJF and Brian Danielson in a promo segment that I, I thought that felt to me a little disjointed, a little bit. Oh no! I enjoyed it to the point of what the outcome is. 
Okay. I'm hype on the outcome. But, I'm so Yeah, like hyped. the whole thing. Yeah, kind of like the, the thing of, you know, everybody in the crowd had sex with your mom. Like, <laughs> the reason why to me, like, it kind of, that was like, uh, because we know even MJF's parents don't like him. So, like, that doesn't work to me, right? right? Like, it's kind of like, well, they don't like MJF because he's an ass. And then, like, why are you throwing her under the bus? Whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's semantics. Uh, but I did think the back and forth was really good. Of course, MJF held his own. We know Brian can be a great promo. But the thing that came out of that was 60-minute Iron Man match if he goes through whatever hoops MJF throws at him for the next four to five weeks. The first thing I thought about, and I said it out loud, was, oh, my God, is MJF going to be insufferable when he beats the best wrestler in the entire company in a 60-minute Iron Man match? Imagine the promos we're going to have to hear from MJF when he tells us he is the best wrestler in the world. But of course that's, you know, Hey, we're setting him up to be fantastic. Right. So what'd you guys think of that, that segment? I, I'm not as critical on that segment as you are, but I, I see that point. I thought it was a little um, not tasteful talking about people, mamas. That's just like from where I'm from, you don't talk about people, mamas. That's you just don't do that. Um, but no, I, I'm so excited about this Iron Man. I love Iron Man matches. Um, it really just shows the conditioning of of a, of a talent and just telling a story for an hour is almost like impossible. So when we get these Iron Man matches and they deliver, it's just like a whole nother level. And I think that's going to be just one more thing to help MJF and his development in the, in the ring as far as work rate. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I thought that segment stunk. Ooh. I, I think I didn't. Like, I think that was uh, one of MJF's worst segments. Um, I didn't like the mama joke from, not because it wasn't, it wasn't funny. It's just that, you know, MJF doesn't care about his mom. And this, this is a very smart crowd. So most of this audience should be very aware of MJF's, how he feels about his parents. Uh, I just didn't think, I didn't, I thought it was a miss for me. I thought it was a miss. I'll give it a, a D if anything. Um, a doo-doo D or dookie D, whatever. Not, not a Johnny Gargano uh, doo-doo D. Okay, doo-doo. Not, not, not a Johnny Gargano doo-doo D. But you know, it. I just thought it was a miss. Um, I, I like that we're finally getting. Uh, but I, the 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 match at the end. But I, I, I think it took totally too long to get there. Mm-hmm. I can see that, and yeah. it just wasn't good in between. So I was glad when it was off my TV. To be honest with you, it was a long segment. You know, the segment was longer than that match with Tony Nese. But you kind of get why. Yeah, you get it. Oh, and Tony Nice though, man. Gosh, I know. I met I, I met him on uh going, we were in the same airport um going home to Georgia. Um actually he kind of healed me a little bit. He was cordial, you know, when I met him. I just said hello, I'm a big fan. Um, but man, how good is hold he? Saying, in no, the hold on, no, you, you can't no, you can't just jump over the story. You can't say he kind of healed me. And then you just you like, worked just- no, <laughs> no details, man. It, so it look, wasn't really a detail. Set, set so, the picture. You're in the airport, right? So I Go saw, ahead. I saw it, it's, it's man. It's literally, so here's the thing. It was like five o'clock in the morning or something like that. And so I saw Tony and I saw QT. I just walked over to him. I'm saying, Hey, hello, uh, Mr. Nice. He turned around. <laughs> yes. Big fan. I uh, hope you just enjoy your flight. Thank you. Why are you calling Mr. Doing, Nice? <laughs> he kept doing this thing. But right, Mr. Nice? Like, yeah, like, hey, you know Mr. what? Nice. Mr. Nice, you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, Mr. Nice? Capital T, well, 
Capital R, R. Capital A. <laughs> capital S. Capital H H H H H. Trash niece. That's his new name. Trash niece. Hey, but he's a heel. Maybe he, he it was early in the morning. He wanted to be a heel. So maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't expect me popping in five o'clock in the morning. But wasn't that a really great match? I mean, he's really crisp in everything yep. he does, right? He is, man. He reminds me of he reminds me of like a lesser pack. I was gonna say pack. Like, I, I was I yeah, swear you, to God, you I was watch him in the pack. ring, like he just yeah. does everything right. Mm-hmm. That's him mm-hmm. to me. He he does everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, two other That's quick good. things, and then, and then we can get to our TFW moment of the week. Number one, John, I'll knock your dick in the dirt. Shotgun blast, air horns for that. When. With Cowboy. Okay, that's what Adam he said. Page I'm like, said, did he say that? John, I will knock your dick in the dirt. I was grabbing laundry at that time. Maybe the the best one-liner in the history of AW Dynamite TV. But I don't but know what that means. One, he's going to knock his dick in the dirt. That's what that <laughs> means. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I don't want mine in the dirt. I mean. <laughs> yeah, all you got to do is yeah. kind of put some contest clues together. And say that, hey, man, if I see you, I'm going to knock your dick in the dirt. I think you know exactly what that means. Please I don't, don't, though. I don't, yeah. though. I don't. Please don't. <laughs> All right. So you got that. But uh, I am ready for Jay to lose. It's time. Because when she loses, it's going to really start elevating. She's going to be able to really get into the growth stage. You, you, we know the undefeated streak is a gift and a curse for everyone when it happens. Because you're only able to do so much in the ring, right? She can't take losses. There's only so much she can, you know, look vulnerable. Once we get that O off of her record, that's going to be able to happen. I am excited. They are heating her up for that. They are. They have her at 47 and 0 now. I think seven. She's wrestling mm-hmm. 47. Yep, she's wrestling on Rampage. She's gonna be 48 and 0. Here's my worry. I said a month ago, I thought. Mercedes would be the 50 and 0 or the 51 and 1, however you want to look at that. I'm starting to. They're not setting this up for Red Velvet, right? I hope not. I hope not. I hope and to no, God not. And no knock on Velvet. I think Velvet no, is none really at all. solid. You don't, you can't give that 50 win streak to somebody that is not a star unless they have the biggest plans of any female wrestler outside of Brit, Soraya, Mercedes, and throw in whoever one other person on that entire show, unless they don't have a plan to heat up Red Velvet to where she is in that spot going forward, I think it is a setup for failure for her and I think that this undefeated undefeated streak was a waste of time. It would be it, a, it would be in vain. I would agree. As things when stand I saw right that now, yesterday, I was like, "Oh," because I thought what they were going to do was have the Red Velvet match on Rampage. And I was like, okay, all right. So that gets us to forty eight. She wrestles one more time, and then we build to Mercedes and her. Like I said, either at the fifty or she goes fifty and zero, and then the fifty first match is Mercedes, and then you know she drops the title. But uh, when I saw that, I got a little worried. Like. Please don't tell me they are leading us to Red Velvet. You know, I didn't get that. I, I would just say, I would just say, in order for for the whole storyline with the baddie breakup that's happening, it, none of it makes sense to me. <laughs> like it just doesn't. Um, 
you know, and that's why I'm Jay worried. out of they, Jay out of nowhere kicks out. out Kira. Yeah. He, yeah. He, out of nowhere kicks her out because you would you would think that she would kick out Layla, right? Because they didn't want her in in the first place. In the first place, and yeah. she just was a replacement baddie for um, Velvet until she got back, right? So now she kicks Kiera out and doesn't make a lot of sense. Now she actually showing some fire. Um, I've been watching quite a few of her matches and on dark. She actually looks pretty good. She's as, real as promising. Babyface. Real yeah, promising. Yeah, that's But now we got this thing going on with Red Velvet, who at first seemed like she was cool or nonchalant about kicking Kiera out. She was now all of a sudden she has an uh, issue with it, but in this match, you know she just out of nowhere just drops from the from the ring, doesn't tag Jade, and we we think the story is that you know she's mad about you know kicking Kara out, but she's never she didn't check on her, she ain't go get her, she just left the ring like it none of it, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I don't think they put any sympathy on any of these girls to to make them have sympathy for them to want to leave, right? Like, oh, you know, Jay treats her so poorly, so bad. You want to see Red get her come up so on Jay. They haven't told that story. So I, I don't know what they're doing, but it ain't that good. That's all yep. I got to say on that. Yep. It better not yep. be. It better not all be. All right. So, so next time we all record, it will be the day after. Dynamite next week. Last betting odds. Who is Soraya's partner going to be in Los Angeles? Rhodesia, I will start with you. You have been saying from day one, it is not Mercedes. If it is not Mercedes, who is going to be her tag partner in that match next week? So am I supposed to act like I didn't see what happened last night or on no, Dynamite? Absolutely not. You can absolutely use that. And if you well, think when, if you that, think that her was such a letdown, that was such a yeah, that was such a letdown. <laughs> if you think her partner um, is Tony Storm, I don't know because just with that last question you asked about Red Velvet, it just got me all off my game. Now I I don't know like because at first I didn't want Sasha to come back to be just a TBS champion. I wanted her to be the women's champion. Um, but I actually can see that now. So I'm just a little bit confused and I'm a little all over the place and I'm a little scared about it too. Don't be, don't be confused. Do not be scared. Okay. But you do have to answer the question. Who is, um, well, it can't be, um, Tony storm or Sheeta just because (laughs) how that, that whole situation is. Uh, she does. She's going to destroy (laughs) Tony storm this weekend. It's either going to be on rampage or battle of the belts. One Uh, of the two, but Tony storm is not walking out that arena. Trinity. Mm, Let's go okay. with Trinity. I like it. All right, you got Trinity. Ishan, who you got? I'm going to go with Trinity, man, because, uh, look, you don't bring somebody like Sasha Banks, oops, Mercedes Monet, to be a fill-in partner at the last minute. So, like, if you look at the storyline, I guess we're talking about, and this is, ah, man, this is the whole storyline, right? So, I guess if there's a continuation to that storyline with uh, Shereya, Tony and Sheeta, we're gonna see that on 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 Rampage, right? But that's a Either show Rampage that only. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Rampage is a show that probably what at, on average five hundred people watch, not many eyes. Battle of the Belts Jeez. is gonna be half he of that. Five hundred or five hundred thousand? He said five. He said five hundred. He said five hundred. Oh, my He's bad. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Right. So that's a show that's, hey, that's gonna be seen hey, by less than half your audience. People that watch Rampage every Friday night. <laughs> 
No doubt, 500. But so it's it's only half your audience is going to see this angle play out. So that means you're going to have to replay it on social media. So now you're you're carrying your social media to carry a big, huge angle, right? Or you're going to do a battle of belts, a, a paper, uh, 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 what a show that's going to happen at 11 o'clock at night. Like how many people are going to be up to watch that? So a lot of that replay value is going to heavily be online youtube and on twitter and is that the way that you want to hype a, a, a potential debut for somebody like mercedes i gotta say no i feel like you gotta debut her in a much bigger way so i'm gonna hope it's not her for their sake because i just feel like this is one of the reasons why i didn't want her to come there and now if vince is potentially coming back maybe it's a great decision but these lackluster debuts, man, I just don't think that's how you debut her. I think we saw a way to debut her, which is on New Japan. I thought that was phenomenal. Blotch and all. To also have her come back as Bow Wow's like surrogate, like Bow Wow was like 15 years ago. Like, she's a bigger star at this point than he is. Like, you're not well, coming Bow back wow to represent him. Bow Wow would only be involved in the J piece. So, we're talking about just the tag. So, are you... Then you are uh, I'm just I'm, I'm speaking of Mercedes. I'm speaking of if I don't want her to be part of that either. I feel like either scenario that we've been talking about to debut her is is not ideal. Um so not Bow Wow, not this tag team match. I hope it's something else they have for her debut. Um uh, I'm gonna go with Trinity, but I heard word in the street was that she was going back to the company. Um so I honestly I don't wanna uh, avoid the I don't I do, I don't think it's Mercedes, I hope it's not Mercedes. And based on what we heard, uh, it might not be trendy. So I don't know what they got going on. So Who you guys you remember, I switched. I thought it was going to be Trinity was going to be the tag partner. And then Mercedes will still be on that show and she would confront Jay. That was my initial thought. I have switched on that to now the tag partner is going to be Mercedes. And I'll tell you why really quick. Number one, Ishan, everything you said is accurate. But the part you have to remember is if they would have started promoting and doing storylines surrounding Mercedes being the mystery partner, there's probably some form of contract tapering. Remember, she wasn't able to take dates until after January 1st. So we get the Brit, I'm the boss, wink at the camera yesterday. That mm. just, everything kind of heated up on yesterday's show. Her contract's up. She's already debuted on New Japan. She can do the outside bookings. If you start promoting that weeks ago, there is some private litigation to how are you promoting said surprise person and she is still not able to take any type of wrestling booking up to that point. So I think it is going to be Mercedes. Too many things are pointing to that. Um, So now I think it's Mercedes. It's in LA. They announced it a month out and then they stopped. And I think they stopped because of the whole contract thing. So I'm, I'm ecstatic for it. Uh, the, what, I, what I will be interested to see is if she is under contract to AEW or will she be just a right now New Japan contract to star coming in doing the tag match. Because we also have to remember, too, she's wrestling Kyrie Sane in a month in a one on one match. You're not going to give away her first one on one match in AEW if she debuted in New Japan because Ishan, to your point, that takes away me wanting to spend eight dollars to see her first one on one match. You can probably get away with it doing if it's a tag match because it's not her first one-on-one match. And the story is built in. The reason why Paige had to retire in WWE was because a kick from 
Sasha Banks, so for Soraya and Mercedes to tag together in her first ever match in AEW, it, it's all there for it. it. It is all there. So I do think we're getting Mercedes next week in AEW. Regardless, she's going to be on the show. I don't know if she's going to be in the crowd. She does something else. Mercedes will be on that show next week, but I am going with her as the tag partner today. So you didn't answer then who's going to break Jade's streak if it's not Velvet. I also think Naomi's going back to WWE um, at this point because I just think so. I mean, I can see Triple H bringing her back at at the Rumble. I think that would be a huge surprise at the Rumble. So that's why I started thinking this whole Red Velvet thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I, I I don't know if they had to pivot. Because the original plan was something to what I said earlier, or maybe it was Trinity to to do it, and they couldn't get it. But Jade has had like five matches in the last few weeks, and they're trying to really get her quickly to that 50, 50 mark. So either mm-hmm. I think Red Velvet takes it, which I think would be a horrendous idea, or Red Velvet costs her the match, and she and she drops hey, it that way. But Jade's been versing some nice matches, though. The last couple matches have been some of her better outings, actually, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's getting more comfortable. Once again, we've seen every single one yeah. of her matches. She's only wrestled 47 times. Like, you think about that, and you're like, wow, she's probably way ahead of the curve of other people yeah. at this point. Last thing, and then we can get out of here, uh, Joe and Darby, thought was great. You know, I came in here and talked glowingly about their last match. I said it was the perfect big man versus little man match. This one, I thought, was the perfect big man is overconfident. Down to Joe's strut to the ring before the match started to how he wrestled the first few minutes of that match, he didn't take them serious. And they 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 delivered. I thought it was a fantastic moment for Darby. Felt so good for him because if you guys remember, his first title win was in front of the pandemic crowd. So there was nobody there. Oh, wow. So for him, for, so yeah. for him to get that moment last night in his hometown, in, in the belt that he won, that was man, that was shout, yeah. shout to him in that. And I think that uh, he's going to hold that belt for a little bit. The way that crowd yeah. erupted. Granted, they crowd erupted for everything. AR Fox and Swerve killed it. Also, I mean, <laughs> we could talk for another 20 minutes, I think, on no that doubt. show. But man, oh man. But no, really, really happy for, for Darby. I think there is some big things to come now that he's TNT champion. Also think it's really, really interesting. We talk about it every week. Ishan maybe make a note of it that we'll deep dive this next week. I think it's really, really interesting. Warlow was not the next champion. He has cooled off so much that I hope they have a plan to heat him back up. I'm sure they do. I can't see Tony not having a plan to get one of your top stars back hot, but for him <laughs> to lose last week and then not to beat Joe for that title, he's not going after Darby for the title. No. So now in essence, he is completely done with the TNT championship. MJF has his guys that he's going against. We know uh, Daniel's next. I don't know where that leaves him at all. Mm. The next TFW podcast, The Rise and Fall of Warlow. And that sounds pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Going into TFW. Rhodesia, hit that beautiful jingle. <laughs> TFW, moment of the week. Doom. If you guys don't know, TFW, moment of the week. That is the moment we pick. Could be anything wrestling related. Could be a promo, could be a sign in the crowd, could be a match. We just look at it and we say, man, that's freaking wrestling. I've already said mine. Mine was the new set for AEW. That's freaking wrestling for me. Rhodesia, what's yours? 
I'm just gonna quote it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna try to do it in this person's voice. Hold on a second. <clears throat> if you're gonna quote it, I got it. You're gonna say, John, I would knock your dick in the dirt. <laughs> is that is that what your quote of the week is? No, but that's a good one, actually. That's a really good one. Okay. No, All right. <clears throat> I guess not. You're making me break character. <clears throat> I served hard time. Prison changes a man. <laughs> the white room scene or video of Dominic talking about his hard time spent in jail in a holding cell. He was in a holding cell for like an hour. <laughs> Came back with a tattoo tear. <laughs> the tattoo tear was the smallest tattoo tear that I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, I just love him. He's just, man, he's just growing into this this heel and how he referred to mommy at the end, you know, his mamacita. Again, a lot of that nostalgia for me with Eddie Guerrero. So. Um, that was mine. That was my TFW moment of the week. No doubt. That was a good one. That was a great moment. Um, mine is uh, Mercedes Monet back in wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see more from her. I'm excited to see what she does next, even if it's as, you know, a last minute, you know, tag team partner. Earth number 30. Hold out hope. Hold out hope. All right, there you go, guys. Episode 14 in the books. Probably our longest episode to date. Thanks a lot again, Vince McMahon. Trash Vince, right? Is that No, would you call him Dirty Vince? Dirty Vince. Dirty Ball Blocker Vince. I think going forward, we just got to call him Dirty Vince. He is no longer Vince McMahon in the TFW pod. He is Dirty Vince. So, but good content as always. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, you guys know the deal. For the podcast, please subscribe so you get the new episode sent right to you. While you're there, be so kind, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on what we have talked about today. No deal, big deal, little deal for Vince that we talked about a lot. Give us your thoughts there. Also, hit us up on Twitter. It is at That's FNW. Very active over there. It's a good time. And then we also do have YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube at That's Freaking Wrestling for video clips of this show and other shows. So as always, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you next week.